Hello, everyone. Afternoon. Hope you're all okay. Thanks so much for coming to Trinity uh, this afternoon. Uh, my name's Mike, and I've lived in Chippenham for it's just been about two and a half years, or just over two and a half years. But my first exposure to, to Chippenham, my first experience of, of, of Chippenham, was coming for three days a week in the beginning of the first half of 2013 to a Cordeo course. So Cordeo, so myself and, and Peter are involved uh, in Cordeo, and it's, and it's kind of Christian Bible teaching, theology uh, training. And myself and David Dexter there and Dave Ferguson as well, uh, we spent three days a week uh, for 20 weeks in, in Chippenham, the, the first half of 2013. That was my first ex- experience of Chippenham. But one of the big highlights of, of, that, of those six months, the Bible stuff was great, uh, the church history stuff was great, but one of the highlights was uh, playing football. So every break time, there were eight of us that were able to just have a kick around, really. And, and it became like every break time, every kind of five-minute snippet of a day that we could have, we'd all run down uh, to the little gym, kind of little sports hall, and, and kick a ball around. And it was really great fun. And we soon learned, um, kind of with the eight of us, we soon learned that if any of us wanted to win... We very rarely kept score, but if, ever, if, if any of us ever wanted to win in one of these kick-arounds, we would need someone particular on our team. So if we wanted to win, we needed Fraser to be on our team. Now, some of you know Fraser. Uh, he's a pastor in, in Swindon. He's a lovely guy, one of my favourite people in the whole wide world. Uh, but it was clear within a few weeks of playing football that he was streets ahead of any of us. Um, like 10 times better, maybe kind of 100 times better than any of us at football. And he was, you know, he, he's a Christian, he's a pastor, so he had to be kind and sort of rein in uh, how good he was. But it was obvious that he was amazing. And if you wanted to win in a little kick around of football, you needed Fraser to be on your side. And that was fine, that was great for those six months. But, but it kind of got me thinking, not just about football, but just in life, like if I want to win or if I want to be successful, if I want to have a good day or a good week, well, who do I, who do I need on my side? The answer to that question changes, at least for me, it changes daily, it, it certainly changes weekly. But I wonder about you, not, again, not so much thinking with football, but, but today, Sunday, beginning of the week, who do you need on your side this week? Like, is there someone who would make the, just the biggest difference to whatever your life is like this week? Who do you need on your side? Maybe some of you are thinking, well, I, I need my spouse to be on my side. Um, you know, maybe there's things happening in, in your family that, that are worrying, uh, losing sleep maybe, and you just, you just think, well, I need my spouse my husband and wife, to be on my side so I can love them better, I can love my family more, but I can only do that if my spouse is on my side. Maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe you need your bank to be on your side. You think, yeah, this week, if only just my bank could be on my side, they would be you know, kinder in how much money they let me have in my account because if, if they can just be a little bit nicer to me, then I can start being generous to everybody else. So this week, I really need my bank to be on my side. It's the beginning of the month, so you know, bills come out at the beginning of the month, don't they? Maybe you need your bank to be on your side. Maybe you need your boss to be on your side. You think, I just this week I need my boss to be kind to me. I need my boss just to give me a break. Just to let me have some some holiday. 
You need your boss on your side. Some of you maybe are just even thinking, look, I just want a bit of luck on my side this week. You know, maybe you're not thinking lottery and, and, and millions, but you just want luck to be on your side, just the stars to align to, to do whatever it is that you need to happen. Who do you need on your side this week? We're going through a group of Psalms this summer, and the next one on our journey is Psalm 124. Um, it's on page 517, 517, if you have a, one of the church Bibles, black ones, they'll be dotted around, Psalm 124. And, and the series we're going through are called the Songs of Ascent. So it's a group of songs, a group of psalms that the Israelites would sing on their way up to the temple for the feasts. So basically they would, kind of three times a year particularly, they would, they would go to Jerusalem, go to the temple, really to party, to, to celebrate and to remember who God is and what he's done. And on the way there, they would sing a group of songs. And that's what we're looking at, some of them anyway, this, this summer. And you know what it's like when you hear Christmas carols in December? Like, not in September when they're really annoying. You just, that's the last thing you want to hear, aren't they? Christmas carols in September is the worst thing you could ever imagine. But when, they, when it's nice and in December and it's actually cold and near Christmas, and you, and you hear Christmas carols and, and they, they kind of do something in us, don't they? They, 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 they stir memories of, of past Christmases, maybe. They certainly stir emotions of... of of Christmas time and, and they remind us and they teach us of, of what real Christmas is all about, what the real message of Christmas is all about. And these Psalms of Ascent, it's kind of this little hymn book, a group of Psalms, Songs of Ascent, really do the same thing. You know, they would sing these and they would stir emotions, they would stir memories. And Psalm 124 particularly, I think especially would would have stirred these emotions and memories as they would be walking and singing this song. So Psalm 124, it's a psalm that's written by David, and it's chosen, it was chosen to be in this Songs of Ascent hymn book. And the question that you'd expect really anyone to ask when you come to a, a Bible passage is, what is, what is it about? What is Psalm 124 about? Maybe a better question, just thinking about kind of how do you study the Bible? How do you come to the Bible to, to study it? Maybe a better question than just what is this passage about? Maybe you could think about, well, what would we lose if this passage wasn't there? So what's Psalm 124 about? Well, let's think, what would we lose if there was no Psalm 124? So as we go along this afternoon, you can just be thinking, okay, what would we lose if this bit of scripture, this bit of the Bible wasn't there? So Psalm 124, the first five verses set the scene. So I'll read the first five verses, but I want you to spot, and then I'll ask you to answer this out loud, if you're brave. Um, there are three who's. So three like, people, three characters in these first five verses. So I'm just going to read the first five verses, and then just kind of spot as we go. There are three, three who's, and then I'll ask you to shout out what they are. So Psalm 124, a song of ascent of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, and then over us would have gone the raging waters. So, who's there? Just, you can shout out 
There are no trick questions, I promise. So who's there? So there were three, I think. Who is there? The Lord. The Lord, always a good first answer. Yeah. A couple of times. Who else? People. Yep. Particularly the, what, in verse two, are you thinking? Okay. So, that, yeah, people and they. And who else? Yeah, okay. Yeah, us. So what's that? So Israel, kind of our, us. Okay, great. So the Lord, Israel, us, with David, people. So once you've, you've kind of seen, well, okay, that's who is in the psalm, at least in those first five verses. And so each of those people are going to, like, they're going to do something. Like, what do those groups do? Well, the key in Psalm 124 is just to read really the beginning of each of those lines. Again, it's not controversial. I, I don't think it's, it's, you know, tricky. But just, just read the beginning of each of the lines. Do you notice that what happens? Verse 1, if. Verse 2 is repeated, if. And then verse 3, 4, 5, then. So if something, then something. Okay? If something, then something. So if, if what? Come on, you can shout that out too. If the Lord wasn't on our side, yeah, then what? And you can read it or you can put it in your own words. So if the Lord wasn't on our side, then... Pardon? Then we'd be defeated. Yeah, exactly. So if the Lord didn't be on our side, and that's repeated now, so that's obviously important. So there's, when everything's repeated, there's an emphasis there. Then we would be defeated. Can you see there's that certainty of, of the victory, whatever the water is, there's a, there, there's a certainty of victory, but the Lord is on their side. And that's pretty much it, I think. In terms of observing and, and structure of, of this song, that's, that's kind of it. There's lots more questions, there's lots more questions you can ask. And if we were in a life group setting or if we were kind of meeting up for coffee, going through this psalm, we would spend lots of time chatting through kind of all of those questions. But here's what I think is going on in this psalm. I think David basically says, look, if, if the Lord hadn't been on their side, then they would have been swallowed up by their enemies. So David is, is reminding himself and he's certainly making sure that God's people remember that the Lord has been on their side in the past and actually you can put that more positively it's only because the Lord had been on their side or is on their side that Israel is still around it's only because the Lord was on their side that they're still around that their enemies have been defeated but again the next question is well who are these enemies who or what does David have in mind when, he, when he's writing and he's singing this psalm and he's singing about being swatted up and being drowned? Who, who, like what is he thinking of? Well, I asked that question to each like, Bible commentary book uh, that I read uh, in preparation of, of preaching this afternoon. Um, and there were quite a lot of different answers, actually, uh, interestingly. Um, certainly, David can, can just be talking about kind of literal natural disasters, so he can literally just be talking about earthquakes, uh, floods, you know, tsunamis, that kind of you know, serious raging flooding water. And that is absolutely was a problem 
an issue back then, and it's an issue, isn't it, for many people around the world still. But maybe David is singing more about emotional or or physical experiences that aren't earthquakes and and kind of natural disasters. Maybe maybe he's singing about about, uh, Goliath and the Philistines. You think through David's life, and throughout Israel's history, there was an enemy at the gate. And for David, it was almost always the Philistines. You see, God's people, wherever they were, wherever they were traveling, wherever they settled, they were constantly under threat of being swatted up and being swept away by bigger armies. And in the case of Goliath, that is literally true because you know, he was a giant. They were always in danger of being swept away and swallowed up, but God was on their side. Maybe that's what David's singing about. Maybe he's singing about other things that happened in his life. Maybe he's singing about his experience with, with Saul. Saul was the king who was the king before David. And while Saul was king, he kept trying to kill David. So David had to, had to keep fleeing, had to keep hiding, kind of saving his life from this king who was raging against him. But the Lord was on David's side. I wonder if, if over all of those things, maybe other things in David's life, I wonder if David's thinking bigger, further back. Maybe he's thinking and singing about Exodus. Maybe you're familiar with the story. You have this guy, Moses, who introduces himself to Pharaoh and says, hi, Pharaoh, my name's Moses. Uh, the Lord says, let his people go. And Pharaoh says, no. And Moses comes back a little bit later and he says, hi, I'm Moses. And the, Lord's peop- the Lord says, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no. So through all, all of the, the plagues, Pharaoh says, no, you're not going anywhere. And after the final plague, he says, okay, get lost, get out of my country, go. So Moses leads the Lord's people away from Egypt. But just as they're leaving, Pharaoh changes his mind, doesn't he? And he says, I want them back. So he jumps on his chariot, takes all his chariots, all his horses, all his armies, and they go chasing God's people led by Moses. And then Israel comes to the Red Sea, so they're kind of stuck this way through the Red Sea. They've got these chariots coming behind them. And then what happens? Well, the Lord parts the Red Sea. They follow Moses through the Red Sea. They get to the other side. And just as all the chariots and Pharaoh himself is in, is chasing them, the Lord closes the Red Sea again and they're gone. See, raging torrents, floods sweeping over us, being chased by enemies. The Lord rescues his people through that certainty of capture, through the certainty of, of really extinction. The Lord was on their side. But you know what? Maybe, maybe the specifics don't matter. Maybe, maybe it's all of those things. Maybe there's other things that David has in mind when he's singing and when he's writing. But maybe the specifics don't matter. Whatever's in David's memory, though, like whatever he is thinking about and singing about, he wants God's people to look back at everything that's happened and to know in their gut that whatever the threat, the Lord is on their side. Whatever the details, that's what David's trying to do. He's singing, he says, look, you've got to know in your gut that the Lord is on your side. And how does he respond? How does he want Israel, God's people, to respond? Have a look at verse 6. Blessed be the Lord. Or in other words, the Lord is on our side. 
Wow, thank you. Wow. Israel's destruction throughout their history looked certain time and time again. David's life looked over time and time again. They were doomed, but God was on their side. Verse 6 and 7, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Remember that this is a song that God's people sang as they were going up to Jerusalem. So Israel travelling on the temple road, a journey up to Zion, singing this song. And it's a song that would have stirred memories and emotions for them as they walked. Maybe memories of of when they sung it the last time they were walking to the temple. Maybe just memories of of when in, in their life or in their history that these things were true and they could say, yeah, actually the Lord did rescue us there. He did help us escape. Memories of, of trouble and, and danger, of deliverance and rescue. Experiences of being completely overwhelmed but rescued. See, it's Psalm 20, 124. Is, it was their song. But it's our song too. As we read it, we should have the, the, the same stirrings of, of memory and of emotion as they did on their journey to Zion and on our journey to, to the heavenly Zion, to where God is, as we journey to see the Lord, we read Psalm 124 and, and, and it should stir us in the same way. Now, okay, I admit, I have never feared for my life. Not really, anyway. Not properly. I've never, I've never knowingly been, been in mortal danger where death looks inevitable, Many people around the world have. Many, many Christians uh, experience that every single day. Even, even today, Christians would have experienced that, that kind of almost inevitable mortal danger. Uh, some people even in this church uh, have experienced those things in, in general, but even specifically, I mean, you know, I was reading this the other day and, and I was just thinking of Paul, uh, Paul Rogers and just kind of verse four and five, him experiencing a literal flood and torrent and raging water kind of going over him, but God rescuing him and delivering him. And if you don't know his story, just kind of go and ask him afterwards. I can introduce you if you don't know who he is, and he'll gladly tell you his story of, of, of living through these verses. Even just, just as an aside, maybe as church we should be doing that more often, asking each other, about our stories, about each other's stories. Well, what's your story? Maybe in the light of Psalm 124, you know, we're not trying to outdo each other with the most spectacular um, story that, that, that we can, because Paul wins. So, um, but not to outdo each other, but just to say, well, what's your story? How, how, how has the Lord been with you up to this day? Like, what has he done? How, how have you looked back and seen him with you? So whether you've experienced these things or, or not in quite the same way, well, we all live under threat. I certainly feel often very vulnerable in life and even at times kind of overwhelmed. And maybe, you have to, maybe you've come this afternoon and you just, you just have that kind of overwhelmed sense. So just like the waters are just kind of coming over, you know, you've just got your head, just about your head above the water. You're just feeling overwhelmed and vulnerable and in danger to something. I mean, maybe 
And it maybe you've had that, that, that knot in your stomach when you hear uh, news from, from a doctor or from a loved one who's just visited a doctor. Maybe, maybe you've had that feeling in your heart, that explosion in your heart as, as, as all your bills are piled up on this side of the table and then your bank statement is piled on this side of the table and there's a whole lot more with the bill side than there is in your statement side. Maybe, maybe you've kind of had that explosion in your heart. Maybe, maybe you know all too well the, the sting of letting someone down. Maybe you know today just the, the, the shame of, of not being good enough. Well, it's in those situations, particularly those situations where, where things are kind of inevitable. See, like the inevitability of, of death and of debt and of disappointment. They can leave us just like David and Israel. They can leave us feeling vulnerable, feeling weak, feeling completely overwhelmed but they shouldn't make us feel helpless. We can be overwhelmed, but we're not helpless. We can be weak, but we're not hopeless. Because whatever threatens to swallow you up, whenever you feel like you're drowning, and maybe this week is that's exactly how you feel, whenever you are trapped, God is on your side. The Lord is on your side. He has brought you through everything to today. You are here this afternoon, and we've all got very, very different stories of how we've got to this point this afternoon. But the Lord has been with you if you're a Christian, and you can trust him for tomorrow. He's brought you to today, and you can trust him for tomorrow. Verse 8, we haven't read that yet. Verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's the kind of whole point of this whole message this afternoon. Verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord's name is his nature. It's, it's, it's what he's like. It's not like if I wear a name badge with my name that's Mike and the Lord wears a name badge that says the Lord, I guess. Um, it's not really that, but his name is his nature. His name is what he's really like. And one of the most repeated descriptions of what the Lord is really like uh, is found first in Exodus chapter 34. So I'll just read it to you, and you can find it later on. Exodus 34, as the Lord standing with Moses, the Lord descended in the clouds and stood with Moses and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Merciful, gracious, slow to anger and abounding, overflowing with steadfast love and faithfulness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. That's the Lord that was with David That's the Lord that was with Israel through all of their history. But that's the Lord that's with us now. Because like I said, he's he's brought you to this day through, through everything. Through everything, he's brought you to this day and he will continue to be on your sides. Through many dangers, toils and snares I have already come. 
but grace has brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. Really, God has brought me safe thus far and God will bring me home. When you're at the end of your rope, as Christians, we need to remember who's at the other side, who's at the other end. He's the Lord who made heaven and earth. He's a caring father who is in control. He is the Lord and he's on your side. So who do you need on your side this week? Who's going to make the big difference in your week? Spouses, hopefully you will be on the same side. Uh, That's a good thing to be, you know, spouses together as a a team. Uh, And it's nice, isn't it, when when your boss or when your bank are supportive of you and, and they help you out. But if you're a Christian, let me tell you that today, whatever day you've had, whatever week you've had, whatever year you've had, whatever life you've had, that if you are a Christian, the Lord is on your side. This week, every day this week, the Lord is on your side. What difference is that going to make to you? Like if you knew, if you knew in your gut that the Lord is on your side, how's that going to change you? How's that going to change your week? If Psalm 124 grips you, well, maybe, maybe it would mean that you'd be more courageous, more, more brave in talking about how brilliant you think Jesus is to, to friends and family, to work colleagues or to neighbours or whoever. Maybe for you, that, that's, what it, that's what it would mean to be gripped by this psalm. Some of you may be thinking, yeah, if, if I really knew in my gut that the Lord is on my side, then, then I would probably sleep better. Because I would go to sleep knowing that I sleep in his arms, completely safe, completely under his control. That I, I, I'm allowed to sleep because the Lord doesn't. Maybe that's you. Maybe if Psalm 124 gripped you, then you would feel more able to, to love your family more, more deeply. Maybe, maybe you would... Maybe you'd seriously consider taking time off from work and not going on holiday, but going on a mission trip. Uh, maybe you'd feel secure enough if Psalm 124 gripped you. Maybe you'd feel secure enough to, to live sacrificially from today, not just waiting for things to happen in the week, but to actually say, no, today, do you know what? Because the Lord is on my side, I will give my time to people. I will give my money to people. I will give myself to my family and my friends and to people in church just because the Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. What difference is that going to make to you this week? Just like hearing Christmas carols in December, the ones that point us to the real meaning of Christmas, David's song, Psalm 124, reminds us that we haven't got to this point alone. If it hadn't been the Lord on our side, then we would have been swallowed up. Blessed be the Lord who has rescued us time and time again. The Lord has brought you to today through many dangerous toils and snares. He's brought you to today. 
and you can trust him for tomorrow. He will be with you all the way home. So who do you need on your side this week? Whatever happens, you have everything you need because the Lord who made heaven and earth is on your side. If you were here last week, uh, we looked at <clears throat> Psalm 121. And if you're here last week, maybe you're thinking, That's, isn't that exactly the same <laughs> as we heard last week? You're just kind of copying. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, but it is, it's very similar. You compare Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills where there's serious trouble. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 124. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And that's the point. That's the point. That's their song of ascent. Repeating and repeating and repeating. And maybe that's important for you this afternoon, this summer, to be told again and again and again, to be reminded again, to sing again and again and again. Where is your help? The only help, the only hope you have is in the Lord, whom the maker of heaven and earth.